0: Yo, yo, it's the Nats What She Said with Danny podcast. We are super excited about our guest this week. Lucas Giolito of the White Sox is going to join us. Danny, I'm a huge Nationals fan, we know, obviously. So he was one of my favorite prospects coming up in the system. So I want to know how many Nats fans still even reach out to him. We'll talk to him about his no-hitter, the first one of 2020 this season, and just how bizarre this season was for him as a whole. Um, but I'm super excited to have him on the show.
1: What a great comeback story he has. And now we get a chance to ask him about it. We're going to talk to him about his high school teammates, Max Reed and Jack Flaherty, And by the way, his dad is a video game producer, and I think he plays a lot of video games. We're going to dive into that.
0: All right, awesome. Let's welcome Lucas Giolito into the podcast. What's up, Lucas?
2: Hello, hello. What up? Hi. What's going on?
1: What's up, Lucas?
2: Just hanging out. All right, let me set it up on the right camera. All right.
1: It's a dope headset. There we
2: go. Thank you.
1: Man, he's putting us to shame. Like that looks I'm like a gamer a
0: headset.
2: Yeah, I'm just a big nerd, so I got all the good shit over here.
0: Is that a gamer chair too?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a new one. I'm a little big for it, but it's all right.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Lucas, how are you? Welcome to the podcast, Danny and Alexa. We're we're chilling, trying to survive this year, and uh, super happy to have you on.
2: Absolutely. Have we started? I'm sorry.
0: So <laughs> we did an intro coming in, and okay. so now we're just we're just chilling. We're just chatting.
2: Okay. Cool. My bad. Yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I just I just finished up my first uh, PT session since off season uh, started for us. Just getting back into it. Um, kind of starting slow. And then next week I'll start to integrate like movement lifting and go from there.
1: You've been, uh, watching some postseason baseball.
2: I've been watching a lot, a lot more than I usually do. Uh, for, for me, like getting that little taste of it, it is after all these years, I haven't played in playoffs since high school. Um, so getting that little taste it kind of makes me hungry for more I, I it sucks that we weren't able to to get the job done in that first round but i've been watching since then uh it's a lot more exciting once you've played in a little bit of it uh to go back and watch it whereas like previous seasons after losing like 90 100 games like you just want to put baseball away for a little bit
0: So the haters will say that, you know, at the beginning of the season, the White Sox were not ready. This was not going to be their year. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. There are going to be 16 teams in the postseason. So sure, the White Sox have a chance. You guys proved everyone wrong. You guys came out on all cylinders. What was the season like for you guys? Just first of all, being able to to do what you did in a global pandemic.
2: Yeah, that was was the craziest part was – Going to spring training one, uh, everyone came together. Uh, the new guys were meshing in our clubhouse. Fantastic. Uh, all the young guys, myself included, we were making our strides. Uh, we were all, we were all coming together very, very well. Um, the, I don't like to use the word vibes too much, but we had very good vibes in the clubhouse, uh, as we went about our work in spring training one. And then it all just kind of ended. We all went home uh you know had to kind of wait and see a lot of negotiation and then we come back for summer camp and we kind of just picked up right where we left off so like even though i know like a lot of critics uh writers people on twitter fans whatever they didn't really have us as being as good as what we showed we all knew it kind of from the get-go, and um, luckily, we were able to kind of just continue on in uh, summer camp without missing a stride, and then, uh, yeah, I think our first series of the year was a little bit rough, and then we just went from there, and we started to get hot, and and just everything was cohesive. We played really well together, and uh, yeah, I mean, it ended up being a lot of fun getting back on the winning side of things.
1: (laughs) yeah and what about you? because we've got to obviously point out your no hitter, your first no hitter, the first one of twenty twenty, kind of like a comeback right from a lot of things that you were going through, you changed your delivery, you changed your mindset. How satisfying was that no hitter um and just you know coming back from what you went through in twenty eighteen
2: it It was a very cool moment for me because. It was always my goal to throw a no-hitter in the big leagues. Um, Perfect game. That's like, if I get lucky, that'd be great. But it was always like a goal I'd love to throw a no-hitter in the big leagues. And so, luckily enough, we were able to get it done. I didn't think I'd do it this early in my career. uh, But it was just one of those nights where kind of out of the gates, I was in sync. Uh, My changeup was working very well against that lineup uh McCann was back there I don't think I shook him once that game maybe once I doubt it though <laughs> and we were just working well together the defense was great behind me uh there were two balls that got smoked and we had guys there I mean it kind of like checked every box like you had like the spectacular plays defensively uh I was able to miss a lot of bats and so it just ended up being like one of those really, really fun games where everybody was kind of locked in. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, that's one I'll never forget. That was just a lot of fun.
0: Pitchers often say when they throw a no-hitter, when they're going through it, or at least right afterwards, like almost they blacked out. Like they don't even mm. remember what just happened. So now that you've had some time to reflect on it, what's the one moment where you either knew that this was going to be it or it just clicked for you that, holy crap, this is about to happen.
2: So, yeah, I've told this story a few times now because I, I I don't get tired of it, though. So yeah. it was like, I'm the type of guy where it usually takes a little bit to get going. Like, my first inning has always been, like, historically my roughest inning. But it was one of those games where bullpen, I felt great, and I carried that right out into the, the game in the first inning. So... Uh, the trajectory was going up. Like I was already pretty much in sync from the get-go, but the after every single pitch I threw, like the confidence was growing, uh, you know, just every part of the game was coming together great. And it was like after the sixth inning was when I was like, okay, this is very possible. <laughs> up Like before the sixth inning, like every pitcher is aware I don't care what they say. Every single pitcher is aware of when they give up their first hit in a game. Whether it's, like, the first batter or, you know, you got through four innings before allowing a hit. Like, you always know when the first hit is. So, like, I was aware of it. But it was, like, really after completing the sixth inning, it was like, okay, uh, nine more outs, one more time through the lineup. This is very, very possible. So, you know, it was just – from that moment on, it was just, like, laser focus on every single pitch, like, individually, as far as, like, this needs to be executed. Um, and just kind of, like, riding that wave of confidence that, like, I could go out there and execute every single pitch. And that was pretty much inning seven and eight. And uh, <laughs> then I go back in the dugout before the ninth inning, and it's like, no one's talking to me anymore. <laughs> And that's when I went out for the ninth and like everything that I've been doing up until then just completely went out the window and it turned into just go out there and try and make it happen. But like the adrenaline was so intense that like, I not even like feeling my arms and legs anymore. (laughs) And so like looking back on that, that inning on video, like I was a little bit erratic, um, and I made a lot of mistakes, but you know, it's kind of the way the game goes sometimes better to be lucky than good. And angle made that amazing play and right to end it. So end up being a, a good one.
1: What I want to know is what do you still have from the game? Like, what did you keep uh, memento wise from that moment?
2: I ended up getting a lot. Uh, I actually sent most of it at the end of the season over to my parents' house. They live in New York mm-hmm. and Just because, like, I don't, we don't really have the space here in this house. Like, I I would just, like, shove it in the corner of my garage and, like, leave it there for a while. And I know that my parents will probably take better care of it until, like, you know, my wife and I move into a different house. And I can, like, start setting up, like, an actual, like, trophy room or something like that. Uh, But, man, I got... I got as much as I could, I got authenticated. So like game balls, last pitch, uh, my cleats, my Jersey, uh, the hat sent to the hall of fame, which is pretty cool. So like my, my hat will forever be in the hall of fame, which is really, really cool for sure. And then the, I mean a bunch of stuff, but the, the weirdest thing by far is the actual pitch pitching mound. Like it's, gigantic i didn't realize how big mounds are <laughs> like i think it weighs over 50 pounds You have them like,
1: mound.
2: yeah yeah i sent it to my dad i think i think we're going to incorporate it into like a coffee table or something
0: oh that's but, so cool
2: yeah the mound you know what you see that on tv and stuff is like that right but below that it ends up being like that thick <laughs> And, like, it's super heavy. There's, like, a hole in the middle of it. Uh, I guess they need to do that for, I don't know, keeping it stable with guys pushing off of it and rain and God knows what else. So
1: I didn't yeah, expect they, to see that coming at all. That was yeah, not they, what I was expecting.
2: Yeah, they ended up digging the whole mound out for me and, and replacing it with a new one. So, it's pretty cool.
0: That's really cool. You're going to have to send us a photo of when that gets incorporated into a piece of furniture, for sure.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah.
0: All right, so the flip side of a no-hitter, we've been watching the postseason, and when I watched Tyler Glasnow give up that bomb to Giancarlo Stanton, 118 miles per hour was an absolute rocket. They were talking on the broadcast about how pitchers know the home run, the longest home run that they've given up. It's just mm. ingrained in their memory. Is that true? <laughs> Do you know the longest home run you've ever given up?
2: Mm. I don't think I know the longest uh I mean just thinking uh, over the course of my career Nelson Cruz has hit some far ones (laughs) last year last year I had a game where he hit three home runs off of me and three at-bats uh maybe one of those would be the longest um I I don't know I I I try to forget the negatives (laughs) and just remember the positives uh I've definitely given up some, some big tanks. And like the thing, the thing for me is if I'm going to give it up, I'd rather it be 500 feet than like a little wall scraper for sure. (laughs) We were having this argument at some point, like, that's another thing about the COVID season, all the starting pitchers we'd have to go to like a peanut gallery and not be in the dugout. And so, I mean, we get into some interesting conversations and uh, one pitcher on our team he was he was trying to say I'd rather give up a wall scraper because then at least I knew that like I beat the guy with my pitch I'm like it's the same result though it's a homer so if I'm gonna give up a homer I'd rather it be majestic than give up like some like pop-up thing so yeah I I couldn't tell you uh specifically like the longest one but there's definitely been some good ones
0: that's fair
1: I want to talk about Max Freed can we talk about Max Freed is the time
2: Yeah, That's my buddy.
1: Oh my gosh. So first of all, outstanding job by him all season. And now Mm -hmm. he's in the NLCS. You've known this guy. You've known his potential forever. You know, you're looking back through photos. It's you and him like there's not a photo of you two without each other. I feel like Um, your high school days, your travel ball days and So I think what Lex and I want to know is from your perspective, you know, him so well, what makes him so different and so capable from other frontline starters to help lead the Braves all the way.
2: Uh, First and foremost, his stuff is out of this world uh, for a lefty. I mean, his fastball, it it will have cutting action on it at times and he can pitch in like the low nineties, but he'll ramp it up to like 98 miles an hour. Um, his curveball works off of that very, very well. He's got a big slow curveball. He's over the last like two years, he's developed a very, very solid slider, kind of Kershaw-esque slider. Um, and then I'm still trying to get him to use his change up more, but maybe one day. <laughs> um, and the so the stuff is obviously there. The thing that stands out about him to me in particular is his attention to detail especially when it comes to scouting. He probably goes about his scattering reports at a higher level than any other pitcher in the league. Um, he wants to know before each outing exactly how to attack every single hitter he will be facing. Um, you know, what locations to go to in certain counts where he's okay with missing, uh, You know, their tendencies at swinging at certain pitches, depending on the count and uh, the situation, like runners in scoring position or not. Uh, It's kind of, it's funny because we're very close friends, but, and we're both pitchers, but my way of doing it is completely different than his. I'm the kind of guy where it's like, give me the ball. I'm just going to go and attack. I like to know a little bit. But I don't, I'm not like going to nerd out over it and want to like memorize everything because I feel like that'd be too much clutter for me going out to pitch. He's completely the opposite. His preparation is unbelievable.
0: Danny and I read a story. Is it true that you threw a fastball, a nine and six mile per hour fastball at his face and broke his nose?
2: Yes. I didn't do that on purpose. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I promise. I promise. He, yeah, he came over to uh our high school, Harvard Westlake, his senior year. So he was actually at another school called Montclair Prep, and they ended up like completely cutting out all of their sports, like right before his senior year. I guess they were running out of money or something. So I was like, hey, like come on over. We got a pretty solid team. You know, we got this Jack Flaherty kid who's a sophomore <laughs> right now. And so Uh, We had already become pretty close friends uh, doing like area codes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, the high school summer circuit. And so he came over and uh, yeah, he, we were actually, they, uh, they gave him all the same classes as me. We were like pretty much walking around hand in hand (laughs) uh, throughout high school. And yeah, it was just like one, one day we had a inner squads, like, I think it was my first time off the mound facing batters, and I was only like scheduled to throw one or two innings. And Max was a two way player at that point. I was a pitcher only. And so he gets in the box against me. And I'm pretty much just trying to throw it as hard as I can. And I somehow miss like, he's a lefty hitter. So I like somehow miss like way up in glove side, which is like not normally a miss for me. But ended up, like, getting, getting up there and, like, rising up. And it caught him on the nose like that. Mm. And it just, like, completely broke it. and oh. he, he fell to the ground. And it was, like, the most horrifying thing ever. Uh, I was, like, ghost white on the mound. I thought <laughs> I killed him or something. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he ended up get It wasn't, like, it wasn't his first time ever breaking his nose. I think it happened to him a couple times playing basketball before. So it wasn't like new territory for him they just went and snapped it back and he had like the raccoon eyes for the next few weeks and we were able to laugh about it
0: so he's forgiven you
2: oh yeah 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 he <laughs> yeah, he, for, he forgave me pretty pretty quick i mean i felt terrible oh my god did
0: you buy him a steak dinner or something
2: um i don't i don't think i had enough money for that back then in high school <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is um what's one thing about him that only, you know, about this guy that you can tell us something fun.
2: Um, (laughs) uh, he, I mean, I don't want to like embarrass him too much on here. I don't, but, uh, one thing is when he watches TV, if there's like, whether it's a scripted show or non-scripted show, uh, he, if there's like a cringe moment, like where someone does something awkward, he really doesn't like watching it. Like he'll leave the room.
0: <laughs> so like Curb Your Enthusiasm like, is not his show.
2: I don't, I don't know if he likes, I, I don't. Yeah. He probably would have some tough, tough moments with curb for sure. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean. There's a few, there'll be a few times we're watching TV and like a scene comes on and like, that's my favorite kind of humor. And it's like his least favorite kind. So he's like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch this.
0: That's awesome. Great answer. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some of your teammates who have just been so electric this season to watch. One of my favorites, Tim Anderson. It's so interesting to watch him and his development and his evolution um, in baseball, especially because he has this personality that, draws in so many fans and especially this season it's like this is tim anderson showing everyone exactly who he is and he plays a more fun brand of baseball than people are used to Mm -hmm. so let's embrace it and so many people have and i feel like that's so good for the sport it's so good for growing the game and that's just us watching it from the outside so from the inside it must be a totally different perspective
2: I agree 100%. I mean, being on the inside of it, you can see like the business moves, like as far as how he markets himself on social media, uh, with everything he does. I mean, it's very, very, very smart. Uh, it ends up working out great for him. It obviously helps with promoting the White Sox in general. Like I probably wouldn't get as much notoriety if I wasn't on the same team as this guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like he he just brings that energy. He brings that excitement. He's not afraid to talk about it. He's not afraid to show it, uh, no matter where we're at, who we're playing against, what's going on. Um, kind of brings that, that, you know, like, I I don't want to like say anything bad for the podcast, but like that D gaff kind of mentality, uh, when he steps out on the field, like I'm going to do me. Uh, I know what I'm capable of and I'm going to show it on a daily basis. Uh, And then even more so behind the scenes, like he puts in the work to back it up. I mean, he works extremely hard uh, in every facet of his game. uh, When, you know, at the end of a season, when he like looks at everything and notices, okay, this has been lacking. He'll get to work on it immediately until he can improve it up to a good standard, and so I mean that just sets a great example for for other younger guys on the team. Um, you know, he continues to improve in every area. It's just uh, a pleasure to be teammates with him.
1: Maybe to round up, like you in the season, what do you want to accomplish this off season? What is your goal for twenty twenty one? Have you thought ahead that far?
2: Yes. Uh, a big goal, a uh, big one for me being starting pitcher is bulk. I would like to throw 200 innings. I have not done that yet. Obviously, this year I didn't even get a chance to because it's I, you know, you, all the starters made 12 starts in the regular season. Uh, so I want to start kind of turning into that guy that will just go out there, take the ball, and throw and throw and throw, uh, put in that work, behind that to make sure that the body's up for it uh i kind of look at lance lynn uh the way that he takes the ball i mean it's like no matter what's going on he's throwing 110 120 pitches every single outing he's pitching into the sixth seventh eighth inning every single outing uh that's something i admire that uh i want to be that kind of guy where i can finish a season with 220 plus innings pitched knowing that you know i'm doing my part as a starting pitcher to help the team win uh when you build innings it's kind of a direct indication that like you're in the game longer you're you're doing your job uh and then kind of getting into like the other side of it more specifically when it comes to my pitches i was pleased with the development of my slider this year uh i especially used it a lot more start in the playoffs than I usually do and I just want to keep building on that I'd like the slider to just be more consistent I'm happy with the break I'm happy with how how it's coming out of my hand I just like to be more consistent with it and then uh, my curveball which I don't really use that much anymore but I know is still a very good pitch I just need to get back to work on that and and kind of putting myself in a position where I feel comfortable throwing it uh, in every outing
0: I mean, Danny, the maturity of this guy is off the charts. It's insane. We're we're the postseasons not even done yet, and he's got a full plan for what he wants to accomplish for for twenty twenty one. That's pretty oh, you impressive. Got to. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> yeah, I, to. They, I love it, can, and I, and Nats it. fans love it too. One of my favorite things about baseball, Lucas, and full disclosure, I'm a Nats fan.
2: Mm-hmm. Is that,
0: man, you were the number one highly touted prospect in the Nationals organization. And the coolest thing about baseball is the fan base gets to know you before you even really become this, this idea for the, the team. And mm-hmm. as it starts to develop and grow, they fall in love with you. And unfortunately for Nats fans, you get traded to the White Sox. Uh, ended up working out very well for you. But <laughs> yeah. the unique thing about baseball is you still have all these Nats fans that support you. Do you hear from Nats fans nowadays? Do they still show you love?
2: Yeah, I, I got, um, well, like, first and foremost, my, like, host families and, and, and all those people that helped me out as I was coming up through the national system. I mean, I still keep in touch with them. Um, And then, yeah, there's like some some core fans, like whether they were fans that would come to a lot of my minor league games or, you know, just Nationals fans in general that were excited about me being part of the team. I still get I still see like tweets and Instagram comments and stuff like that every once in a while. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I think like the trade overall kind of worked for both teams. I mean, Eaton helped that team win a World Series ring. And now uh, the White Sox have me, Reynaldo, and Dane Dunning. Uh, So, I mean, you can't really complain.
0: No, definitely not. We miss you for (laughs) sure.
1: Glad it's working out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I would also like to mention, so we talked to Aaron Barrett uh, maybe a couple months ago. Time is so irrelevant to me at this point. Yeah. I told him, I was like, I worked in Harrisburg in 2012, so we just missed each other, but I saw your Cowboy Monkey uh, photo. What an excellent night that the, the Senators put on for the fans and the players.
2: Yeah, I, I had, I've seen the Cowboy Monkey Rodeo a number of times uh, <laughs> in the South Atlantic League, Eastern League. Uh, I remember, I think when I was in Hagerstown in Loway. Um, yeah he did it at like at home. And so he always like goes into the clubhouse of the home team and like lets you play with the monkeys. And that was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> you like that part?
2: <laughs> yeah. Having a monkey run around my shoulder, feeding him snacks.
0: Doesn't get any better than that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, look, it's time for our rapid fire portion of the podcast. So we throw out some questions for you and you give us the first couple things that come to your mind. All right. Um, Let's start off with your baking skills. We saw you show off some of your baking skills. So if you had a bake-off, what would be the one thing that you would cook?
2: Um, I'd probably have to go with the strawberry shortcake, because that was the best thing we made. Yeah, that's, that feels like ages ago now. That was my first big league camp when we did we all did that. We did some
0: hardcore digging, so yeah. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs>
1: Um, so we obviously know about your family history, family background, and just all the various people in your life. So name a movie that you would want to have a role in.
2: Ooh, like any movie,
1: any movie or TV show,
2: a uh, TV show, curb your enthusiasm, cameo, or uh, Fargo <laughs> movie. It's hard for me to just pick one. Uh movie I'd say Saving Private Ryan. That's like my favorite ever. I'm storming the beach in Normandy. But you know, on a set actually. <laughs> Not actually doing it for real. That's scary. <laughs> yes.
0: Just as an actor. Okay. Your wife is a vet. What's your guys' love of animals one to ten? How many animals do you guys have in the house?
2: Oh my God, it's like a million. <laughs> uh yeah. Ari Ari is uh co president one of the co-presidents of orphan kitten project out here in Davis where we live she's in veterinary school her third year here she's actually gonna be por- passing the torch uh next year because when you go into fourth year you're working so much you don't have time for anything else <laughs> but uh yeah orphan kitten project it's a nonprofit basically saving neonatal kittens which are like the little tiny babies oh. and Man, over the last year of living in this house, we've had we fostered many, many cats, including a, a pregnant one who gave birth to four babies. We got them all adopted. They're all happy wow. now. Right now, we have two babies and one, like I'd still consider him a kitten, um downstairs. And then of our actual pets that we have. We have Louie, our dog, we got Juice, our cat, and we have two chickens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. incredible. Yes. Okay, one batter that you cannot wait to face in 2021.
2: One batter I cannot wait to face. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Redemption moment for you.
2: Whoever's hitting, whoever's hitting 100. (laughs) <laughs> uh i don't uh redemption moment i don't i don't really have any of those like you know for me like the toughest outs i try i go to guys like in our division so jose ramirez uh nelson cruz um yeah that's i don't really think about it too much like that uh i'm looking forward to facing the yankees I like facing the Yankees. That's always fun. Gets a lot of attention.
0: What about the Uts girl? Would you like to see her step (laughs) up to the plate? You guys have had a little Twitter (laughs) war going on. Man, she clapped back at you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, she definitely got me. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give too, too, too many details. I, I, we've been in contact a little bit. uh, Me and Uts, me and the (laughs) Uts girl. Uh, But but yeah, that was, that was fun. I mean, I was just kind of sitting, sitting on the couch watching the game. I'm like, this is some weird marketing they got going on. And uh, I, I think it's working. I think it's working. It, there, there's a lot of people talking about the Uts girl right now.
0: Lucas, that's exactly what they wanted to have happen. <laughs> yeah. They suckered you in hook, line, and sinker. You fell yeah. for it.
2: Hey, I'll take the free potato chips, though.
0: Yes. I love potato chips, so yeah. I'm all for that.
2: Okay, yeah, being on the, to... yeah. No, go ahead. Good. No, I was just saying, being on the West Coast, I don't get to eat the uts here. <laughs> so they're they're gonna have to ship me some special. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Oh man, always he got always
0: a deal gonna... out of he got a deal out of talking trash to the uts <laughs> girl on Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Twitter, who's your favorite Twitter follow?
2: <laughs> Keith Olbermann's always a good time. A good one. Um, I. I probably got to go with Pitching Ninja, just that's like probably the cliche one now that that all the baseball players and pitchers go to. But I mean, his content's very, very good. Like, and he zips it out so quick, like so fast. Yeah, a guy throws a pitch, and then like you refresh Twitter, and there it is in slow motion with like trails and everything. It's pretty interesting. Yep. Amazing.
0: Your high school teammate Jack Flaherty hopped on the podcast earlier this year, and he had a very strong opinion about crunchy peanut butter in a PB&J. He said, you absolutely cannot use crunchy peanut butter. You have to use smooth. What's your thought opinion. on
2: that? That's a whack opinion. <laughs> it's it's preference. Like if you like smooth peanut butter, then put smooth peanut butter. I personally like crunchy peanut butter. So if that's an option, I'm going to put crunchy peanut butter. Uh, if it's not, I'll go with the smooth. I'm not going to complain. I, you know, that's not something that you can just, be like oh yeah this is right and this is wrong that's preference
1: he lost his mind lost his mind
2: do why do one of you prefer we both crunchy prefer o- crunchy yeah I, th- I mean i personally think it's better that way you got texture you got uh you know kind of adds a different depth to it but i don't know jack jack's an opinionated guy
1: <laughs> yes i also reached out told him you were going to be on the podcast and i was like what do you want to ask so from your friend, Jack, he would like to know how many hours a day do you play video games?
2: <laughs> a lot less now than I used to. A lot less now. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's more so... you us like just, a one to
0: 10. How many hours?
2: <laughs> I'd say average is, is two right now. So it's not okay. terrible. It's I, not terrible. If you asked me that same question before I was married and when ari was a, an undergraduate and i barely ever saw her it was a lot higher <laughs>
0: um tim anderson gave you the nickname bigfoot what's behind that
2: uh just because it's pretty simple i'm i'm tall i'm clumsy i've gotten better i've gotten better but it was like there's one night i think it was the 18 season beginning of the 18 season uh this is back when everyone could hang out together we were all in a hotel room just like eating room service watching a movie or something and at one point like i got up to like go get the door or something and i like knocked over a bunch of stuff sitting on the table and (laughs) ta just goes damn bigfoot what are you doing (laughs) and everyone started losing it and it just kind of stuck
1: oh that's good uh what was your favorite show you binged this year
2: um, we just finished watching ratchet uh the like prequel series with uh Sarah paulson mm-hmm. to one flew over the cuckoo's Nest. I really love that movie. I thought this show was i thought it was good, but it wasn't like blowing anything out of the water um I'm trying to remember i haven't watched too i haven't been watching too much t v uh I started watching. The Eric Andre show, which is like a little adult swim, like crazy, like absurdist comedy where he's hosting a talk show, but it's like an anti-talk show. They're trying to do everything wrong. That's pretty funny. They got sketches and stuff in there too. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't just have like a clear cut favorite from this year. I haven't been watching enough TV.
0: I have a suggestion for you for the off season.
2: What do you got? Money Heist? Money Heist. I've heard of Mm -hmm. that. Is that, what is that, Showtime?
0: It's a director, Alex Pena from Spain, and he made this incredible series, and it flopped in Europe, and then Netflix picked it up, and it blew up. Yep, and then it became huge in Europe after the United States took it over. And it's dubbed, but they spent all of this money on the voiceover actors, so you can barely even tell, and it's an incredible plot.
2: Nice, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'll watch that for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like oh,
2: that. I totally forgot. I blanked when you asked me questions.
1: Oh, here it
2: is. <laughs> Succession. Succession was my favorite binge watch this year on HBO. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that one.
0: Our girl Kelly was in that for a hot second. So yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she played uh, the the TV reporter, right? Yeah. For like a couple scenes.
0: Yeah. We were mm-hmm. super proud of her for that, that was awesome. Yeah. All right, Lucas, time for wrapping up the podcast and we do that in um, a very classy fashion. We have our guests tell us an embarrassing story. So it can be anything from your childhood to something that happened recently this season, but it's gotta be really embarrassing. So what do you got for us?
2: I got a very embarrassing one and it, it happened recently. Okay. Uh, okay, so pitching in Kansas City, uh, the last thing I do, I'll try and keep it brief. Uh, the last thing I do before I go out is I put my cleats on. I do everything else without my cleats on in the training room, weight room, whatever it is. I put my cleats on, then I go outside and I start warming up. Well, this year, Nike, they made these uh, brand new cleats that are fantastic. I love wearing them, but the molded spikes like the the rubber bottoms and the actual spikes like metal bottoms they look exactly the same and honestly they kind of feel the same on my feet too which is not something i'm used to so like credit to nike for doing a really good job uh making comfy shoes so i mean i might have been running a little bit late i just throw my cleats on go outside warm up in the outfield go to the bullpen warm up in the bullpen no problem I feel great so the thing about Kansas City is that the bullpen like clay and dirt and the actual mound clay and dirt is very different the bullpen's soft and the actual mound in the game is like hard red clay and so I go out there to for my warm-up pitches uh, in the bottom of the first inning and I'm trying to I'm trying to like dig out the mound to like create my little foot spot and it's just not going i'm like this is weird what's going on <laughs> and so i i'm like whatever screw it i'll just throw a pitch and get get this going i don't want to run out of time and so i go through my motion throw the pitch as soon as i land i completely slip out fall on my ass <laughs> i'm like i'm like what is going on with the clay today and i look down and I turned my foot. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm wearing, I'm wearing my molded spikes out here in a big league game, like an idiot. So I just had to run to the dugout and be like, Oh man, who's the umpire? I think it was Laz behind home plate. And so I, I like run to the dugout and I'm like, Hey guys, like I screwed up. I need my cleats. Can someone run and get them? Fastest ta- fastest i probably set a new record on like tying shoes and i i go back out there and laz is just looking at me like come on man (laughs) uh thank god that happened in a season with no fans thank god
1: oh i'm sweating just thinking about that when you realize in your head that you put on the wrong shoes and now you have to go get your new shoes and the game is waiting on you
2: yeah yeah, I don't know how good of a, I mean, enough time has passed, I can talk about it now. I don't know how much, I didn't get asked about it after the game by a beat report or anything. So I think that maybe like we did a good job of hiding it from the cameras, but I- I'm cool to talk about it now. It's all in the past. <laughs> good,
0: good. <laughs> That's awesome. So mature. You're the best. Lucas, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with us. This was Thanks. so much fun.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, My pleasure.
0: Yeah, for sharing your insights from the season and uh, congratulations on the no-hitter and for all the success for the team and good luck in 2021. We can't wait to watch.
2: Awesome. Thank you very much. See you, Lucas. Bye.